0: Exclusive podcast from Impact 89FM.
1: WDBM East Lansing.
2: Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure.
0: 88.9 FM WDBM East Lansing. Thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of Impact Exposure, the show where we take a look at all the happenings around MSU and the Lansing area. Uh, It's currently 57, 58 degrees and cloudy, but tonight it's going to get down to 39. So uh, definitely going to bundle up. We have a great show lined up tonight from Jazz Masters and uh, Short Film Showcases to covering Alcohol Awareness Month and the Family of Strength organization. So... Why don't we take a look and start right off the bat at 7 o'clock here on Tuesday with our, our first guest, Bob Baldori, is in the studio. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Bob.
3: Thanks for having me, Alex. And this
0: is, uh, this is awesome because uh, usually on Impact Exposure, we have uh, many guests involved with you know, theater and plays and productions, and now we have a very, very accomplished musician with us. Um, Bob Baldori has been playing piano and harmonica since 1967 with the legendary uh, Chuck Berry and uh, achieved fame with his own rock group, uh, the Woolies. Is that how you... Were? That's right. And uh, so let me ask you this, Bob, really quick. What? Let's just start from the beginning. When did you, uh, obviously playing piano since 1967, what inspired you to, to head down this, this awesome musical jazz path?
3: <laughs> I grew up in a musical family. My dad played trumpet and met my mom when he was playing in a big band, so music was always part of our history. And I actually started playing... Much before that, I actually worked my first gig with Chuck Berry in 1966 here oh, wow. in Lansing, Michigan, at a place called the Dells, which was an old-fashioned roadhouse out on Lake Lansing. Wow! And then i and I the last time I worked with him was on his 80th birthday in St. Louis a couple months ago. And
0: how so. was how was the experience of first performing with the legendary Chuck Berry? And then well, right <laughs> and then? how did it compare?
3: <laughs> it was um, interesting, Chuck. When you hire Chuck you get he says you get chuck the guitar and the duck walk <laughs> and then he has a rider that requires the local promoter to provide a backup band and he had he was actually working five nights in a row out of this place i mean this was way Whoa. back when and the band that the promoter had hired wasn't uh wasn't cutting it and we had a hit record at the time and I was out in the audience because, you know, Chuck was one of my heroes and I wanted to see him. And the owner of the club knew me and came running over and said, we need someone to back him up. Well, can you guys do it? And I said, sure. So before I knew it, we're in the dressing room with the founder of rock and roll. And he's going, when I do this, you do this. And then he goes walking out the door. And then at the door, he looks back and he says, oh, yeah, don't forget, syncopate.
0: (laughs) You know, it's 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 funny because uh, stuff like that, scenes like that, and, and memories like that. Usually, you know, when, when you think of something like that, it's only in the movies. You know, it's like, quick, we know we're out. Oh, you guys, get on right now. <laughs> that's um, what it was like. That's that's amazing. And then you played for just now, just recently with
3: uh, yeah with him. On How his was His 80th that? birthday. He did the duck walk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really. Are yeah. there any, is there any uh, is there any video and audio of this? Yeah, they okay.
3: did. I they did an HD <laughs> shoot of it, and I'm sure that'll be available someday. But there were a bunch of, you know, you couldn't even get in the place. He works a regular gig sort of once a month at Blueberry Hill in downtown St. Louis, and uh, I can't even remember all of them. But there were all kinds of uh, rock legends there that sat in with us that night, and uh, he was in great shape. He still plays. Still, pit plays great.
0: Well, and uh, thank you very much for uh, bringing your playing greatness into the studio. It's uh, Impact Exposure, if you've just tuned in. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. Bob Eldori is uh, in the studio. And, uh, Bob, let's let's talk about some of the things that are going on recently right now. Uh, the Boar's Head Theater is presenting the uh, piano-pounding tandem of Bob Seeley and Bob Baldori. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How did that get started?
3: Well... I ran into Bob Seely partly because of Chuck. There was a festival in Detroit three or four years ago honoring Johnny Johnson, who was a piano player that worked with Chuck on some of his early hits. And I was invited because the promoter knew that I'd been working with him all those years. And all these great players were playing, and this guy gets up there and just blows them all away. And I went, who is this guy? And it was Seeley. And I said, where is he from? And they said, Detroit. Oh,
0: and I didn't know him. Tradition. I mean,
3: he'd been there longer than me. <laughs> and uh we hit it off and he is a phenomenal jazz boogie swing stride i mean his repertoire is a thousand songs he's an encyclopedia of of american music he's 78 years old he plays like he's 20 i mean the energy and the passion and the and the skill is just breathtaking and we fell into it it took us a year or two i mean he he invited me to sit in at his gig and sure And I went over one night and sat in for a couple songs and someone gave me a $50 tip. (laughs) Oh! And I said, oh, well, maybe we ought to think about this. (laughs) And um, we worked a couple gigs without, you know, just by showing up. Uh, We started playing a jazz club in Toronto. And then we played some big concerts and everybody seemed to really like it. So I said, maybe we should rehearse. (laughs) And so
0: from there, it's just kind of been chemistry. You guys just kind of hit it off. It
3: was chemistry from day one. And uh, now we're doing, we're in the middle of shooting a documentary on not only Bob's history, but the history of, uh, the backbone of American music is rhythm and improvisation over a blues form. And that covers everything from jazz to rock and roll to swing to stride to rhythm and blues. That's the roots. And so we're, and Bob. Uh, and I cover a lot of that history. And so we're, that's what we're doing at the Boar's Head. We're, uh, we're putting on a show that sort of incorporates the history and also brings it up to date.
0: And, and you know, that's actually really interesting. Um, this is Impact Exposure. Phone lines are open. Bob eldori is in the studio right now. Uh, if you have any questions about what's going on or you want to get on the air on Exposure and uh, talk about jazz with Bob eldori the phone lines are open, 432 432- 3893. Again, the number is 517-432-3893 on impact exposure. Um and actually Bob, you brought up a really good point because I think a lot of people, a lot of the a lot of my friends are really into, you know, the whole classic rock genre, et cetera. And you always hear about these documentaries coming out about classic rock, the history of, you know, rock and roll, etc. But um you rarely hear, or maybe it's kind of a little bit off to the side, um, probably, in my opinion, one of the more interesting um, aspects of music, which is kind of the documentary, I believe, you're you're saying that's going on. So is the documentary examining more of the history, kind of the roots that you were saying?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it starts from day one. The first documented boogie-woogie pieces in 1912, 1914, where uh, George and Hersel Thomas recorded The Fives, which they wrote, And New Orleans Hopscot Blues, which they also wrote. And their sister was Sippy Wallace, who my partner Bob accompanied when she made her comeback when she was in in her 70s. So he goes back. He's the last living link to, like, day one. And America's popular music from the 20s to the 50s, the heart of it was Boogie Woogie, which, I mean, all these names are interchangeable. Mead Lux Lewis, Pete Johnson, and Albert Ammons played jazz and boogie it was basically dance music that's the rhythm part of it okay and, right. and the you know and the improvisation was because they were playing it long enough for people to get out there and shake it and that and then the transformation came at the end of the 40s and that that fundamental rhythm and improvisation one branch of it turned into chuck berry motown right accessible popular dance music, and the other branch of it turned into modern jazz. But you can trace both those strains of American music back to what we're doing, and we show it.
0: And, and exactly. In fact, uh, you mentioned Motown in Detroit, and uh, both the Bobs, Bob and Bob, uh, mm-hmm. have, have basically been, been proving that. Uh, you're both uh, two Detroit-native performers, and uh, you've been around uh, for quite some time, have really, really good experience. Um, the Head Theater um, presentation that you're doing Um, is starting on Wednesday? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Okay, April 18th. Yes. And uh, do you have anything, and it's running through Sunday, April 29th.
3: That's right. It's going five five days a week, Wednesday through Sunday for the next two weeks.
0: Okay. Uh, Is there anything kind of, I guess maybe if you think about a show routine or something, is there anything you're going to kind of, uh opening night hit the audience with, uh, hit the listeners with, or is well, there anything kind of a routine you have? Or is that classified? I don't Well, know. we got a
3: few surprises. Oh, yeah. there's a few surprises. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, we were uh, we've been honing this show and putting it together for about six months. We did a run of it at the Williamson Theater over the holidays and sold out all the shows and was oh, very wow. well received. So we've been we've been polishing it. Yeah.
0: That's great. Um is is there anything I guess we, in fact, on the impact. I remember, I think a couple of days ago, we had uh, on on another show a little jazz group um, about four or five kids, about I'd, I would say in their in their mid twenties. Um, would you have any advice to the listeners out there? I guess if they're thinking about starting up their own kind of jazz career, or if, if they're trying to get involved, what kind of advice would you have, Bob? Uh, I guess for all those young aspiring. Musicians out there.
3: <laughs> there's that old one-liner, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. <laughs> <laughs> Practice um, makes perfect Yeah, sure. and get in touch with the, uh, the fundamentals, the roots of American music, that phrase that I keep using. you got to learn how to play in a groove. I mean, there's a long explanation of what that means, but it, but it means people shouldn't be able to sit still to what you're doing. Sure. Uh, and that's at the heart of jazz. It's at the heart of rock and roll. Uh, so you got to get your chops together so that that happens when you play, and then listen to the 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 roots, the masters of this, that actually do go all the way back to the beginning of the last century.
0: You know, uh, and, and again, the phone lines are open, four three two three eight nine three. Bob Baldori of the uh, Piano Pounding Tandem of Sealy and Baldori is, is here, and they're going to be at uh, Boar's Head Theater uh, beginning tomorrow, April 18th, and it's going to be running through Sunday, April 29th. Uh, there is something that, that I, I've always kind of liked about jazz is really the improv that it has as opposed to other forms of music. I mean, you can really appreciate Beethoven Symphony or the newest pop hit, but at the same time, it, everything has a certain, I guess, kind of, I don't want to say like formulaic or mathematical, but there's something about jazz, the unscriptedness of it, the lack of there being any definitive notes or actually, you know, writing out specific uh, melodies. And I guess you mentioned a couple minutes ago about how there's a groove and you have to find your own niche. Um, how, how how does that work? Do you kind of like blend and meld with the other players as they go along? Or do you start out with something and then, um, say, Bob follows through? Or...
3: Well, it's you have a basic form so that you can track where where each other uh, are. And, and it's one thing when you're doing it with someone like Chuck Berry because he's got definite songs that you know, Roll Over, Beethoven, Johnny Be Good, or whatever, and you do your improvisation on your solos in between the lyrics in right. that context. In the context uh, Bob and I play, uh, we're following a style that was developed by the big three of jazz and boogie-woogie, Pete Johnson, Albert Ammons, and Mead Lux Lewis, and they took the whole form a step further because they started to improvise on each other's improvisations while they were playing. So they'd have two okay. pianos going, and then they'd be playing off each other, even though they'd start off with a tune like 6th mm-hmm. Avenue Express or Boogie Stomp, some of the tunes we play, and then they'd start. It's like, <laughs> I say it's like capturing lightning in a bottle. You've got to listen to the other guy, and you and you play off it, and you're, and you're also going 100 miles an hour, so it's a little tricky. Well, Bob,
0: uh, I just wanted to thank you very much for coming on the show. And actually, we're actually going to leave um, this part of the interview with um, 6th Avenue Express. Uh, before we go right into the track, could you tell us a little bit about it, kind of give us a backstory to it?
3: Yeah, the uh, that was a song written by uh, Ammons and Johnson. That, uh, the heyday of this, these guys were, were invited to New York by John Hammond and became wildly popular after he put them on a concert at Carnegie Hall. And they wrote a bunch of pieces uh, that were somewhat related to the experience. There was a f- famous club called Cafe Society, where they played for years after that. And it was right off of Sixth Avenue, and you came downtown to the Village, where this place was on the Sixth Avenue Express, which was a ah, subway in Manhattan. Of right. So that's where the name comes from. And the influence. One of the big influences of Boogie Woogie was steam trains and trains. The rhythms. Uh, the industrial rhythms of travel, and that's another uh, sort of inspiration for it.
0: Okay. Well, Bob Baldori and uh, Bob Seely are going to be at the Head Theater again. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Baldori, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, really, we I appreciate it too. Oh yeah, no problem. And uh, you're listening to the Impact, and here is Sixth Avenue Express. That's not it. FM, this is Impact Exposure. Alex Rusciano here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If if you've just tuned in, welcome to the show. And uh, if you've been listening for uh, the past 15 minutes or so, uh, we had Bob Baldori in of Sealy and Baldori, uh, two really good piano players, and they're going to be at the Head Theater uh, starting tomorrow, Wednesday, April 18th, running through Sunday, April 29th. And what you just heard here on the Impact was uh, St. Louis Blues, uh, a very good track. And uh, a very a very awesome track, to use Bob Baldori's words, and uh, that was a very good song. We're actually going to be moving on right now uh, to another guest coming in the show. Uh, Brandon Crawford is here, and uh, telecommunications senior. Yes, sir. At MSU. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, it's a
4: pleasure to be here, Alex.
0: Uh, you know, Brandon, uh, before we get in, I just want to remind everyone that the phone lines are open. Four three two three eight nine three five one seven four three two three eight nine three. If you want to ask Brandon anything, and uh, Brandon, we are here to talk about Widget. Yes. Can Widget. you can you tell us for listeners out there, who maybe have not heard of it? What is Widget? What is it all about? How you know, to get started?
4: It's it's difficult to describe Widget to those who haven't seen it. It's kind of like the Matrix. It's very. Uh, <laughs> so
0: it's so it's here, but it's not really exactly. here. Okay. It's
4: very uh, ethereal. Um, <laughs> no, Widget is uh, the love child of. a uh, a class that we had last semester, um, sort of an unprecedented mixture of uh, MSU's film studies department through the English department there and uh, the telecommunication department.
0: Nice.
4: And uh, we got together and had this, uh, I guess it was the independent cinema class, I think was the title of it. And it was about, I think, 20 students, uh, Mm -hmm. plus professors Bob Albers from the telecommunications department and Jeff Ray from the English department, the film studies there. And uh, we basically wrote, we conceptualized, wrote, produced, and are now, you know, attempting to market and get people to uh, come see the movie. Well,
3: that um, sounds great. So yeah, it's
4: a short film called Widget. Um, it's very out there, I'll just say that much. It's
0: very out there. Can yeah. you, without without giving too much away, can you tell everyone yes. maybe what it's about? Well, synopsis. yes, here's oh. the
4: the general synopsis. Widget is set in the wonderful land of Oz. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a little, little shout out there to... Uh, little L. Frank Baum action. Um, (laughs) But basically, it picks up after the first Wizard of Oz movie. Maybe, you know, I don't think we considered the second Wizard of Oz, the Return to Oz movie, if anybody saw that one.
0: but You know, until you mentioned it right now, I was unaware that there was a second Wizard of Oz movie. Yeah, there was. Actually, I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's
4: creepy. There's guys called wheelers. They go around with wheels on their hands and feet. They're evil, scary guys. Anyways, (laughs) um, this basically takes place I'd say after the first movie. The first one, okay. The okay. first one I know, okay. Right. And uh, basically, Oz has fallen into disrepair uh, under the auspices of the evil Emperor Scarecrow. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember at the end of the first movie, the wizard left, and uh, basically the Scarecrow was sort of left in charge, and he's been corrupted by power. So now he is.
0: Oh, no. Evil
4: Emperor Scarecrow. And uh, the main storyline actually follows our main character, Widget. Who uh, longs to be a castle guard? It's a very prestigious position, and as you know, the moaning and the the marching in groups, that kind of thing, right. is, is very
0: you know, I guess looked upon. It's a very prominent position. Exactly. If, if you can do that, you definitely have an edge over the tin men and the lions. Exactly, exactly.
4: Okay. So uh, Widget longs to be a uh, to be a castle guard, but unfortunately, not exactly the brightest uh, brightest gem in the box. You know what I'm saying?
0: Ah, sure, not the sharpest um, tool in the shed.
4: You know, um, okay pretty much a simpleton. Um, currently, uh, at the point we come in on the movie, Widget is a, uh, flying monkey trainer, or a flying monkey waste disposal specialist, if you will. Okay. Um, she I like sho- shovels flying monkey poop, um, for a living, because that's pretty much all she can do. And, you know, on the side longs to be this castle guard. And so we follow <laughs> Widget through her quest to become a castle guard. And of course, there's a lot of, uh, trials and, uh, tribulations along the way. And, uh, there is a, lo- a lo- very large twist and a very dark undercurrent
0: underneath Ooh. the whole story. Oh, now so, I'm intrigued. Yeah, on the okay. surface,
4: it's pretty simple, happy like
0: Disney movie, but underneath, it's, very dark. It's, it's got a very powerful theme to it. Yes. Well, I don't know about powerful, but dark, at least. Well, this is uh, Impact Exposure. We're talking right now with Brandon Crawford, who is a telecommunications senior here at Michigan State University. Phone lines are open, 432 432- Three eight nine three again. The number four three two three eight nine three. If you'd like to ask Brandon anything about Widget, and we're talking about uh, this. Is, it sounds like Brandon, this has been um, a lot of um, team uh, work and, and team effort. Mm-hmm. But this is a lot of. I mean, how many hours would you say? I mean, I know it's a really broad yeah. question, probably really strange. But how many hours of work? And I mean, it, it says that you know you've you've written, uh, you shot, you edited, and now you're trying to promote the film. Mm-hmm. How many hours? Cumulative, would you say, has gone into this?
4: Well, I mean, I was uh, on the writing staff. Um, me and three others, and just in writing alone, which was the first few, I'd say, the first few weeks of the class. Um, just writing alone, I probably we probably spent over fifteen, maybe somewhere around twenty hours, just on the writing process. Which, wow. um, you know, that's good. <laughs> unless you've ever tried it, it's uh, especially writing with you know, a large group of people in mind that you're trying to, you know, make happy. Obviously, the rest of the class is working on this too, so. Sure. Um, That was definitely one of the more harrowing experiences I've had. (laughs) I bet you were probably like, "Oh my goodness, this, this yeah. is
0: just the first phase." Okay, yep. no, you
4: can't please everybody, and sometimes you please nobody. Ah, uh,
0: that's the case. That's, that's, that's that happens in writing, though. Yeah, I mean, of course. You know, you can't. And 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 this is something that um, that is a very, as you said at, at the beginning, it's very unique too. Because I mean, this this is pretty cool. I mean, I, I've never heard of of something where it's, exactly it's kind of taking off from. One of the classic movies that mm-hmm. we all grew up with, or you know, our parents' generation grew up with, yeah. and it's taking it on this—it's its own kind of independent journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if if people are more interested, Brandon, where can where can they go to get more information? Okay. Or?
4: Well, we do have a website. It's uh, www.widgetthemovie.com. Okay. Um, we also have um, the short film showcase coming up pretty soon. Ooh, when is that? Um, that is going to be the 28th of April. Also, uh, so it's coming up in about
0: yeah. a week and a half. Yes, it's maybe? the
4: Saturday before finals. Okay. And uh, it'll be held in um, the Com Arts Building, in the DMAT Lab. Okay. Um, so there'll be plenty of signs up signage that'll point you out to it since it's kind of tucked away there in the Com Building. But uh, yeah, it'll be the 28th. It's uh, starting around six o'clock. It's it's basically we have we just got in like I want to say around 20 entries of other films that we're going to be showing as well.
3: Oh, nice. Um, okay. so,
4: so it's going to be a sho- showcase of more than just Widget. And then at the end, around 8 o'clock, we're going to show Widget and
0: premiere it to okay, the so world. To the world. So, so Widget is, is kind of one part of a variety of films that are going to be showcased yeah. at the time. It's all student work, yeah. Okay. Uh, how, now let me ask you this, how long is Widget? I mean, how, how long would you say it is? Um, is it uh, Lord of the Rings? were
4: We were sort of set with a goal to keep it under half an hour, somewhere between okay. 20 minutes and half an hour. Um, we ended up, I think, pretty much hitting the bulls I right at twenty five. It's going to be. Nice. It's still, we're still in the tweaking process, so it could waver to either side. But I think it's going to end up being right around twenty five minutes.
0: Oh wow! So, um, is 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 there anything, Brandon? That and right now, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Brandon Crawford here on Impact eighty nine FM Exposure. Um, Brandon Crawford is part of just an awesome group putting together and working on Widget. Um, let me ask you this though: This is kind of, um, kind of, that's always been curious with me when you were in like the writing phase mm-hmm. um is there I, I i've heard that very rarely when you see a movie or anything like that that the way the script comes in is the way that is the order that it was written i mean usually mm-hmm. there's you know ch- scenes that were chopped and looped together was that kind of how it was with widget or did you kind of just start from say the end of wizard of oz and you move right. it all the way
4: well um th- there's a saying that you know any movie gets made three times it's the writers write it then the directors direct it, and then the editors edit it. Uh-huh. So each time it sort of morphs into another, another thing. But I can say during the writing process, the movie probably was written seven or eight times. Wow. And then rewritten, and then rewritten again. Like, just having to uh, make changes and trying to make people happy. And, and really, I mean... The tricky thing with this movie was we had so much we wanted to do right um, there was so much potential as far as like the characters in such a rich world, and we wanted to make it such a tightly woven plot and to encapsulate that in under thirty minutes oh, was I'm, was the trick
0: i'm sure I'm sure you could have probably gone off and if if you had the the time to do it, you could yeah. probably could have gone off Absolutely. in so many different directions. And, uh, and, that, and you've actually got me really intrigued because I uh, – there's that whole thing that you said at the end where there's yeah. this kind of – There's a big twist. There's a very I'll big twist. That. Is there – now, without giving out too much away, Brandon, is there like maybe a a favorite part, not, not necessarily of Widget itself, but a favorite part of the production or a favorite part of the actual process of creating and sustaining Widget that looking back, say, years from now, you'll say, oh, yeah, Widget, I remember. Oh, yeah.
4: This. Um, I think the best part about just the whole process in general and the class was um, – you know, I know a lot of a lot of my friends who try and make short films with like their buddies or whatever. and You might get three or four people who want to help out, yeah. but not really. People are really committed to the same goal. You know, you you probably wrote it and you're going to direct it and maybe you're going to star in it. Right. And so you're the <laughs> one who's really invested in the process. Whereas right. with this class of twenty some odd people, everyone you know your grades depending on getting this movie made. And everyone was co you know once we got on set. I mean the cooperation involved. Um, you know it really gave me a flavor that I probably could never have gotten any other way as of what it's like to make a movie like if you know a taste of Hollywood if you will.
0: Sure um, Uh because I I would definitely be one of the people just standing around usually uh, you know that actually has happened in the past where a couple buddies you know we'd we'd say oh yeah why don't we do something and usually it's you know one of my other buddies who will you know kind of write the whole thing and oh yeah Uh but we're all involved and then direct it and then oh yeah we're all involved and then star in it so so this is actually really nice Uh because so Did you feel, Brandon, that there was this kind of... I mean, you're part of of a very awesome group that is doing Widget right now. Right. Um, And like you said, there is uh, more of an an incentive to meet the grade requirement, et cetera. Everyone's working for that. But everyone's also working for the artistic expression that you can find in Widget. Um, So you you find that there's... um, a uh, kind of camaraderie that develops. Absolutely. Um, I
4: mean, not at first. It took a lot of... The whole writing process, I, I wouldn't use the term camaraderie for the oh. uh, writing process. the <laughs> writing process? A lot of warring ah. sex of, of the c- class kind of butting heads. But, I uh, see, yes. Once that was taken care of and everyone sort of had their position and knew what they were doing when we got on set, like in the production process, mm. um, you know, it really came together. And, uh, I mean, it was great because we had uh, Brock of right. the impact yes. uh, He's doing the audio running audio for us um we have um some students from the uh music department scoring giving an original score um so we have like experts in all these different part you know that wow. we had three directors um and each of them is you know great in their own light all of previously directed films um Oh, wow. So there's that element of really good
0: experience there, too, right. that you can kind of... Yeah, draw. exactly.
4: Everyone sort of had their area of expertise. Uh, one of the other writers, Carrie Shemansky, is in uh, Your Mom Improv. Okay. Um, so she brought a lot of humor to the, nice. uh, to the process. Um, so, I mean, everyone sort of brought in their own flavor to make you know, a nice
0: stew, if you will. <laughs> a widget well. stew. I like that. Well, if, if uh, Brandon if there are, if there are listeners out there who would like to, uh, you know, maybe sample this stew, mm-hmm. so to speak, where can they get more information if they want right. to check?
4: Out? Um, on the website www.widgetthemovie.com. That's W I D G E T themovie.com. Um there's a trailer you can view for the movie, short trailer. Um, there's a cast list, a crew list. Um, what else is on? There's information about the showcase. Um, there's oh, also wow. an entry form, unfortunately. Uh, the entry deadline has already passed, uh, sadly. Okay. But yes. uh, maybe if you want to like look at the entry form just for fun, I don't know, maybe you've got nothing better to do, which is kind of <laughs> sad. Um, you can look at that. And... I'm waiting for
0: next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
4: but yeah, just some general info about the movie. There's a plot synopsis on there as well. So Nice. Well,
0: uh, Brandon Crawford, again, is, is part of an entire team that's working on Widget, and this is going to be showing the Saturday before finals week? Right, is that the 28th. Right? Okay, this is in the ComArts building in the DMAT lab. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, Brandon Crawford, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're actually going to take a quick break right now on uh, The Impact, but we will be right back.
4: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
0: At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
2: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Prime Time, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
0: Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact.
1: Only on Impact
0: Time. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893 And now, back to Exposure. 89FM, this is Impact Exposure. Uh, Alex Roushianah here. We just got done talking with Brandon Crawford, who is a telecommunications senior here at MSU, and he's part of a team working on Widget. Again, this is going to be the Saturday before finals week in the communication building in the DMAT mat. Lab. And it's uh, currently 731 right now, and I believe the temperature has dropped slightly in Michigan. I think it's about 56 degrees right now. So we're kind of borderlining the uh, whole spring weather. But joining us in the studio right now is Mickey Furman, who is a prevention specialist. Uh, at the Eaton Intermediate School District and uh, Professional and Program Services, uh, Mickey. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really You're welcome. appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: That's hey, definitely. And uh, this is interesting because April April's is a pretty a pretty solid month in terms of awareness. It's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It's also Alcohol Awareness Month. And uh, what can you tell us about some of the the recent things that are going on right now?
2: Okay, Alcohol Awareness Month is. Um, an event. We have an event during the month of April. Actually, we have a couple, but Mm -hmm. kind of the culminating event is April 20th. It's going to be held at Lansing Mall. We've had a poster contest for kids in grades one through 12. And on that day, we will announce the winners. And I have to tell you, the winning poster in the high school is absolutely stunning. Really? Yeah. I'm so excited. When I was looking through them, it was like, it kind of stood out to me that that would be the winner. So it was a committee decision, but it's really amazing.
0: And, and you know, when I was when I was reading a little a little bit about this, it's, it's really interesting because when you, it's a really ingenious way to get. Um, young people involved in terms of alcohol awareness because mm-hmm. it's 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 very creative. I mean, this this gives you know it's it's not like you're presenting some kind of um, you know kind of dry material and expect you know okay, well alcohol awareness. Make sure you're aware of the decisions you make and everything else. Mm-hmm. This is something where it's you know students can be can be really creative with, with what they do. And um, is is there anything? Um, so you said you really liked the one in, in the high school. Did that one really I really cut your like eye? the
2: high school poster. But we always have good posters. It's been really fun. I've been involved with us now for about five or six years. Oh wow! Um, the committee has. It's a tri-county committee on alcohol awareness. Okay. And there are different kinds of things that we do. We have this event at Lansing Mall. This is probably our fourth or fifth year at Lansing Mall. Another part of this is the Safe Prom Initiative. And actually, the kickoff for that was on April 12th. And that's all the law enforcement in the tri-county area get together. They get all the prom dates and locations. They go to all the hotels, motels, party stores, limousine services. And they just talk about the idea of not selling to underage youth, not renting rooms to kids for proms.
0: Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, (laughs) this is, and I, I remember when I was in high school, you know, I mean, it's, 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 you know spring is in the air and everyone's getting really excited because it's the end of the school year and so <laughs> everyone's got you know just all this awesomeness okay prom's coming up all right we're gonna be graduating soon but uh that's definitely really important because i think most of the time people tend to forget that the decisions they you know the prom is supposed to be a great time you know have fun but be safe and uh sometimes i think people people sometimes tend to forget that. Um, the choices and decisions you make really do affect what's going to happen to you um, at the end of prom or, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, so this is a really, a really really good way. Uh, and this is going to be on April 20th from April 1 to 6. April
2: 20th at Lansing Mall from 1 to 6. The presentation of prizes for the poster contest will be at 4 p.m. We have a couple local celebrities that will be oh, coming really? to talk. Yes. Oh. Um, we have somebody from Channel 6. I think Representative Rick Jones will be there. Oh, wow. And I know we've contacted the mayor's office, okay. and I'm not sure if he's a yes or a no. But at 4 o'clock will be when the prizes are awarded. We have some complimentary wow. T-shirts. We have a student from Everett High School that designed the graphic for the T-shirts. Ooh. So we're really excited to see those. They should be there also.
0: If if you've just tuned in to Impact Exposure, uh, the phone lines are open, 432-3893. Again, the number 517 432 Three eight nine three. If you would like to ask Mickey Furman some questions. Mickey is a prevention specialist at the Eaton Intermediate School District. Um, let me ask you this, Mickey. You said this has been going on for about five, six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people this year are involved in the actual putting together of this event going on on April 20th, as, as opposed to other years? Has it grown in recent years? Or
2: Well, the committee has pretty much stayed the same. Those okay. of us that have been involved have been a lot, involved for a long time. We have representation from, um, at one time we had the Eaton County Sheriff. He's a little busy now, so he doesn't get to come a lot, but he sends representation. We have Tri-County Metro Narcotics, National Council on Alcoholism, the Girl Scouts, Lansing School District. So we have representation from a pretty broad sector. We're also kind of a subgroup of the Ingham Substance Abuse Prevention Coalition. So that's another part of, of what we do
0: uh and and again uh if you've just tuned in and i'm sure you've heard about this before but april is alcohol awareness mm-hmm. month and it's a very very important month and uh mickey is there like a i guess a a favorite part that you have and kind of putting all this together i mean you, you know this has been going on for a while now and obviously just like you said at the very beginning um of the interview that you know you really like looking at the pictures and obviously that's kind of like the the climax you know that's kind of what you want to look at and there's going to be the whole ceremony giving out the awards but is there like a, a favorite part that you like is, is it the pictures or is it uh something that that you kind of just say i, I like doing this every year
2: Boy, that's a hard question. I I really strongly believe in prevention. I think we really need to do that. Sure. And you know, it's really helpful to make the community aware of the issues that are out there regarding underage use. Right. And just the whole idea of prevention.
0: And you know, that's 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 especially important. Um, and for all the listeners out there as well, because you're not only talking, like you said, you know, there's you know high schools, um, middle schools involved, but this is something that is. Uh, I mean obviously on m s u s campus you know you really want to be aware of the choices that you make, especially when they involve alcohol and uh and drugs really I right. mean this is something that that I think most people kind of say, Do you find that the most people that you talk to maybe say to themselves oh it 's okay' i'm already aware of alcohol you know i'm i'm okay Or or, or do you find that when events like this go on um, where you have the youth getting involved and making pictures do you find that each year that you do this more people um, are around and saying you know thank you i am more aware of of this
2: i think we're raising awareness and i think that's something we continually strive to do i think one of the things that we run into a lot is that people see it as just kind of a rite of passage and a lot of parents think it's okay to buy for their kids as long as they do it at home and they take their keys away and they forget that it's illegal.
0: Yeah, uh, I was, in fact, uh, really quick, I was talking with my parents, and and, and this was uh, this was about a year ago, Um, mm-hmm. you know, just new in college, et cetera, coming in, and uh, they said, yeah, you know, they were kind of telling me as well, you know, you got to be careful of the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, they said that, you know, back in, in their day, you know, quote, unquote, I mean, when they were in college, you know, it was you know in the 70s, you know, et cetera, um, 60s. Did that um, – do you notice that the times have changed in terms of people are just becoming less aware now and that programs like this are kind of needed to raise that awareness? Or do you think that maybe back in, like, you know, the 70s that people still had that awareness but there weren't the programs there or –
2: I'm not sure the awareness was there in the 70s. The other thing to be aware of is when I was that age, we drank at 18. It was legal in the state of Michigan. That's,
0: that's right, yeah. So
2: that's another issue entirely. Sure. But I think, I think the awareness has waned. And I think with the media and the commercials and all the rest of that, it's just becoming more and more acceptable to drink and to drink to excess. You know, the... The Substance Abuse Prevention Coalition, we're not a prohibition kind of thing.
0: Right, no. no. But
2: we're talking about preventing underage use, but also responsible use for adults.
0: Okay, um, and actually that brings up a really good point because Mm -hmm. um, it's responsible use not only on, say, I mean, you have a lot of youth involved, but just like you said, I think you brought up a really good point, the responsibility falls equally, I guess I could say, on... The parents themselves, or right. adults themselves, if, if they're also, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of saying, you know, I, I'd like to become more aware of alcohol issues. Um, how many how many people uh, do you expect to kind of turn out for this event on April 20th, as well, as opposed to other years?
2: I think it'll be more this year, mm-hmm. because one of the things that we've done is we've we've contacted all of the students that have, have sent in posters. So that's probably... And that's more than usual. Okay. I think we've had a lot of kids do that. We send it out through the Girl Scout Network.
0: Oh, okay. We okay, send it nice. out
2: through, um, we belong to the Safe and Drug-Free School Consortium in Ingham Eaton, and Clinton County, so we send out information that way. It's okay. coming this way. This is a new thing for us. Hey,
0: you know, definitely. so that's pretty exciting. Well, definitely, and, and if you just turned in, this is uh, impact exposure. That's mm-hmm. that's why. That's honestly why we call it exposure because it's it's getting out vital issues in the community and and kind of the happenings that are going on in the MS on the MSU area in the MSU area and in the Lansing East Lansing Okemos areas as well. Um, phone lines are open 432-3893 we are talking with Mickey Furman right now who is a prevention specialist at the Eaton Intermediate School District Um, again for those listeners who maybe have just tuned in um, on April 20th from 1 to 6 p.m. this is going to be at the Lansing Mall there's going to be Posters displayed from the area youth grades, I believe it's 1 through 12.
2: 1 through 12.
0: And uh, the issue that's going to be covered, if you just tuned in, is underage drinking. So at, at 4 p.m. at Lansing Mall, there will be prizes awarded for the winners in each of the categories and um, each of the age categories. So does that right. work where there's going to be a. Is, there's is a first, second, year? and
2: third place winner in grades 1 through 4. Oh, okay. I, wait a minute, let me think. 1 through 5, and then 6 through 8, and then 9 through 12. There's also displays from prevention and treatment providers from the Tri-County area. Right. There is um, a presentation. The Fatal Vision goggles. You can ride a bike with the Ingham County Health, um, Ingham County Sheriff, and the vision goggles simulate different blood alcohol content. Oh wow! So um, That's try to walk the line with the with uh. the Fatal Vision <laughs> goggles. That might make you a little queasy.
0: Yeah, I think I would definitely. If I if I put those goggles on, I don't think I'd be walking too. We far.
2: have big luggers <laughs> coming out. Oh wow! This year, so we're really excited about that.
0: Very cool. So it sounds so, like there's there's a lot going on, a lot of uh, a lot of attractions, so to speak, for yeah. for uh, on April twentieth. If it, really quick, if there's if there's any people are curious about where they can go for more information, where can they go?
2: They can call me. Uh, my number is 484 four eight four two nine two nine extension one one five nine. And if you're interested in either alcohol awareness or the Substance Abuse Prevention Coalition, give me a call and I'd love to talk to you.
0: Mickey Furman is a prevention specialist at the Eaton Intermediate School District, and we're talking about, uh, it is April, it's Alcohol Awareness Month, and on April 20th from 1 to 6 p.m. at the Lansing Mall, posters are going to be displayed um, by the area's youth about the issue of underage drinking and the messages that uh, the youth feel um, that they should express in terms of underage drinking and alcohol awareness. Um, And again, just like you said, Mickey, this is kind of new, you know, I mean, coming on the radio, talking about this, getting more exposure for it. Sorry, that was a shameless plug of the show. Um, But Eric, Eric, our engineer is laughing right now. Yes, I, yes, I, I plugged the show. Yes, I did. Um, But I guess uh, we got about a couple minutes left. Is there anything that you'd want to tell the listeners out there uh, in terms, just in general, about alcohol awareness month? Um, about being aware? Anything, any specific message?
2: I think the biggest thing that I would say is parents, you need to be aware. You need to be aware of what your youth are doing. You also need to be aware of what you model. Do you model responsible use? Do you let them drink underage? You know, you need to be thinking about that and you need to be thinking about keeping your youth safe.
0: So the parents, again, this is coming back to, you know, it's, it's no matter what The children do or or decisions that they make, obviously they have have a big responsibility in that. But if you trace certain things back, I'm sure you can always trace things back to um, an earlier influence.
2: Absolutely. There's a campaign. One of the things that's going on along with the Safe Prom Initiative is the Parents Who Host Lose the Most. And it Mm -hmm. talks about the consequences for parents in providing for underage youth.
0: Oh wow! So that's something. Again, this is again, this is uh, Alcohol Awareness Month. It's April, mm-hmm. so this is something that is that's trying to draw in a lot of awareness for this for this uh, subject, which I think a lot of people again tend to say, "Oh no, maybe not," you know, or "I'm already aware." And so it, it's really good sometimes to state the obvious that you know, if you if you have been engaging and you know drinking, et cetera, just pay attention to the choices that you make.
2: Absolutely, pay attention. If you're interested in the coalition, you can look at our website. It's DrugFreeIngham.org. And it'll give you information about the coalition. And we'll make sure that we get the parents who host brochure put on there also.
0: Mickey Furman is a prevention specialist here at uh, Eden Intermediate School District. Mickey, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. We're going to take a quick break on 89FM. You are listening to Impact Exposure. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. And now, back to Exposure. 88.9, this is Impact Exposure. You are listening, and phone lines are open at 432-3893. We just got uh, done talking with Mickey Furman, who is a prevention specialist at the Eden Intermediate School District. And uh, on April 20th from 1 to 6, if you go to, uh, there at the Lansing Mall, there will actually be posters displayed from area youth, grades 1 to 12, about uh, the issue of underage Drinking. And we're actually going to be moving on. It's 7.46 and 39. 40 seconds right now. And uh, why don't we just go around really quick and just kind of introduce. We have uh, three awesome guests in the studio right now.
1: Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm the secretary from Family of Strength Organization. Uh, My name is Randy, and I'm the treasurer. And my name is Laura, and I'm the president.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I was just that reading, nice. yeah, oh, definitely. I was reading a little bit about uh, the actual organization, Family, the Family of Strength organization. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when did this organization get started?
5: Okay, um, basically we started out of a class that we took last year. And um, it was really exciting for us. We took an honors ISS class, and it was all on the global AIDS pandemic. And so we pretty much decided that we couldn't absorb all of that information without doing something about it.
0: Oh, okay. So this is something that actually grew out of a class and the concern that people had for something that I guess... Uh, was, was it something where kind of people got together and said, you know, this is something where we want to have more of a direct control in, in issues that were coming up? Or
1: uh, Actually, there was um, we were working on a practicum for the Emerald Conference that was going on that spring. And oh. I know Sarah and I had been put into an orphan group. We were supposed to make a poster about orphans and whatnot. And um, we kind of started focusing more on Kenya and other areas of Africa, and that's when it really popped out at us, and we realized how much we could do and how many resources we have here on campus. So that's when it really sprung to life, and we started getting more people involved. So.
0: Well, this is awesome. And, and, again, if you've just tuned in and you have any questions, um, for the representatives of the Family of Strength organization, phone lines are open at 432-3893. And actually reading a little, little bit about the group, um, again, kind of a – A baby group, a very young group, but very good goals. What what can you tell the listeners out there about some of the goals that you have um, for this group?
5: Um, We have some pretty lofty goals right now. Actually, um, in May 2008, we're looking to have a study abroad in western rural Kenya. And so our goal is to bring $10,000 with us in order to um, provide some sort of sustainable assistance to them. So um, we're working with a group called uh, Cordip, K-O-R-D-P. And they are based uh, directly in Kenya, so they're going to let us know what's needed at the time. And we'll base on base what we use our money for on that.
0: Okay. Um, and, and this is, how much again are you thinking of, of raising? $10,000. Okay. Um, and what are some of the ways that you kind of get people involved in terms of raising money, raising awareness, really? I mean, this is an issue that, just like you said, last year um, very, there was a lot of concern about it, and there wasn't really, I guess, a channel available at MSU. And so now an organization like this, like the Family of Strength Organization, is kind of coming about. Um, w- let me ask you this. What kind of inspired you to get involved uh, with this last year? Was, was it um, the just kind of getting together and talking with other people and you kind of found out that, well, hey, you know, this person feels how I do about this issue? Was it, was it just within that kind of one class or did it expand out more?
5: I think it was definitely more than the class. Um, The class gets you thinking and it gets you talking, and you start talking with other people and people say that they have the same concerns, but they don't know what to do about it and they have no outlets and there are different organizations that they can get involved in, but they're not really sure which, and this was our way of saying, okay, well, let's make it how we want it to be, and um, let's make it about the issues that we want to be focused on and the causes that we want to be focused on, and um, obviously it's an open invitation. We love for people to get involved. And we have a really big event coming up this weekend, so it's a chance for more people to get involved. Um, we have a 5K walk-run, and um, it starts in between the courtyard of Hubbard, Acres, and uh, Conrad. And so it's this Saturday. It's a noon kickoff. And you can check out our website for more information if you're interested. It's www.msu.edu backslash, little tilde, F-O-S-O.
0: Well, that's what it's called, the TILDA.
2: Yes. Okay. What it's I always want to know
0: what that was called. I mean, people have told me in the past. A
2: little squiggly thing works. That's it. Right. <laughs> Tilda,
0: forget TILDA. It's a little squiggly thing for me. Uh, th- this is 89FM. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. Again, 517 432 3893. We're talking with three awesome representatives of Family of Strength Organization. And again, um, it's, it's, it's uh, a group that just got started recently, but has very big goals um, aimed at raising money for AIDS, orphans, and vulnerable children in Western Kenya. Um, How many people would you say have or are involved in this group right now?
5: I think that's kind of um, one of the hardest things to say because we're not a group that um, a lot of it is you come and you help when we have events, when we have things scheduled. We do hold meetings um, every other Wednesday uh, in Berkey Hall, 119A. Um, Lately it's been every Wednesday because we have this big walk coming up. And, like I said, we encourage as many people to get involved as possible, but it's one of those things where it's up to you. If you have time to come every week, great. If you only have time to come to our events, we appreciate that just as much. So,
0: so it's very flexible around people's schedules. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you think of some organizations on MSU, you know, I'm sure you know a lot of them, I mean, this is MSU, you know, you can pretty much do anything. You can mm-hmm. have any interest that you'd like, but I'm sure some of them would have these kind of maybe strict, you know, timetables. We're going to meet here at this time. And that's good, but uh, do you find that the flexibility allows more people to come by to the meetings, or people say people appreciate that, that they can just kind of um, help out when they want to and when they can?
5: I think it's great because, you know, it gives you a chance, like you said, to help out when you can. And not only that, but um, the way it's structured is that, you know, we never know what we're going to do next, and we appreciate any and all ideas. So if someone comes to a meeting and can't come to the next meeting, but has a great idea for a fundraiser and a way to raise money. And this is their talent that they can bring to the table. The more the better, you know?
0: Again, this is 89FM. We're talking with the Family of Strength organization right now, talking about uh, uh, your first 5K walk slash run. In my case, it would be run. Uh, or actually, walk, I'm sorry. Running, well, it'll be, run, be run for about five minutes and then walk for the rest of the way. I will j- not be running. I <laughs> am not, okay. Well, oh, good, I'm not alone. That's right. always good. Um, it's, it's on April 21st, and um, you're hoping for a very, very strong, very positive response. Uh, how many people do you think, um, I guess, just off the top of your heads, you expect to show up? Um?
5: Um, we have a pre register online at our website, like we said before mm-hmm. www.msu.edu backslash squiggly thing. There we it's go. F-O-S-O. That's right. Um, Good terminology. And right now we have over 100 people signed up. And uh, we actually have other African activist organizations that are coming. We have Books for Africa, Scout Banana, Face AIDS. Um, Emerald, Emerald, One Campaign. So um, it, this is also a great way to unify and find out about other African organizations, not just us, and see this is the problem that we're focused on right now, AIDS orphans um but if that's not your only interest this is your chance to find out and see what else is out there too
0: and, and actually this, uh, you brought up a really good point too because this is going on saturday april 21st and um african dancers and other forms of entertainment will be performing before the kickoff uh so the kickoff is at you say noon is noon that right kickoff. Yep. so when if, if people really want to see the uh, entertainment beforehand what time should they Maybe well, registration
5: begins at 11 a.m., 11, so okay. between 11 and noon is when there's going to be all sorts of events going on. Um, we have four performers. We have the Akafellas. We have Capital Green. Um, one of my good friends, Filthy, is going to be performing, or James Garden. Um, and we have the Ratabi Dancers, which is going to be so awesome. There's African <laughs> Drumming and Dancing. And oh, wow. then, like I said, there's um, other organizations that are going to be tabling, and you get to talk to them and uh, kind of mingle with people and... Find out what's going on,
0: and and you know, just kind of reading about the family of strength organization, it, it, it just kind of. I mean, this is kind of maybe I'm getting on a soapbox, but I mean, for me, it's 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 really really cool, and I think positive to see MSU students. Taking the initiative of forming their own clubs. A lot of them have been around, you know. I mean, my parents went to MSU, and, you know, there's still clubs that, you know, you can think of. And a lot of them have that past tradition. But this is not only starting a new tradition, uh, it seems like it has very, very good positive goals. Um, let me ask you this are, are there any things that, and I don't know if you can give away too much, but are there any things that you're thinking about in the future, uh, obviously, uh, to raise awareness? Um, and interest in this Uh, obviously you have on April 21st you have the 5k walk run Um, are there any other events that you have planned up?
1: Um, Well real quick I wanted to say the other thing first is when you were talking about students and how they have the initiative that's really what we were trying to grab too, being on the university and whatnot Um, because it's students right now and even high school students that have this opportunity to change so much in the world that has to do with the HIV crisis so um, just, like, knowing that, I really wish that more students would take initiative, too, and realize how much power they have doing this. So um, with that being said, we have a few summer events that we're trying to work on right now. Um, I know that, you know, some local high schools back home are thinking up ways, um, like if they do a dance in the fall, things like that. Um, Can drives are going to go on during the summer.
5: Um, we're looking to do uh, a benefit concert of sorts, Battle of the Bands. We're not really sure Ooh. what all the underlying things are going to be, but that would be probably fall of next year, um, maybe the winter area, depending on you know how things get flowing. Um, we're also looking at different things within the community to get the community members involved. So um, we're looking at Palace, The Joe, different sports arenas will help you fundraise if they believe in your cause, so we're looking at that too.
1: Nice. Also, along with the walk, we're selling lollipops on campus. So <laughs> if you see us around, it's just a dollar. to uh, help a good cause.
0: And again, Saturday, April 21st, uh, the uh, where it's going to start in the courtyard, right? Behind Conrad Hall uh, on MSU's campus. Uh, the kickoff is at noon and registration starts at 11. So if you want to show up for any of the entertainment, uh, et cetera, that's, that's going on before that, you can definitely do so. And again, this is a walk-slash-run, so it's it's run optional, but walk in my case. <laughs> um, but it, let me ask you this. We just have a, a few more minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, again, for the listeners who have just tuned in, um, if they're curious on getting more information, where can they go?
5: They can go to our website. It's www.msu.edu backscla- backslash squiggly thing, Yes. F-O-S-O, and that's our website. Uh, We also have a Facebook group and a MySpace. You can get to those links from from our website or you can search it however you prefer.
0: Is there, it's really quick, just kind of a personal question. Is there like a I'm obviously, you know, a lot of hours have gone into not only this event, but thinking about other events. Is there, like, a favorite part that you three have, just kind of maybe personally, um, something that when you're when you're getting, I mean, this is obviously a very new group, but when you're going through the motions and, and getting people together, is there something that really makes you say, you know, yeah, this is why I do this?
1: Seeing our bank account grow so we have ah. more money for the kids. Um. <laughs> Yes, but no, I definitely. mean, um, <laughs> beside that, but, uh, no, just like getting to know people too. It's a really great way to get to know people on campus and it's nice cause they all like share similar ideas and, um, I guess I'm f- missing a word right now, but, um, exchange, they, yes, they exchange ideas and it's all similar information that you care about. And so it's nice. So. I also think the good thing about our group is that it's not so structured. It's all students. It's all, like, family
5: of strength. We are really, like, we're close and everything is open. Like, we're the officers of the group, but it's really just everyone has an equal voice. I think that's the great thing about our group. It's just so loose and, you know, everyone gets a chance to shoot out their ideas and suggest anything they want to. I think my favorite thing is, um, in talking about the HIV-AIDS pandemic and, and orphans, It's something that you can't ignore and you can't really say, oh, I'm not interested in that type of thing because very few people are going to say that they don't want to help, they just don't know how. And like you said, there's so many organizations on campus that you can get involved in, sometimes it's hard to choose. And I would say that um, if your goals are more towards activism and more towards helping other people and spreading out instead of being so ethnocentric like we tend to be in this country, I think that um, looking towards our organization is definitely a place to go.
0: And and you know exactly it's it's kind of again new beginnings. That's one of the most important things. Is that this is something that I mean? Did you kind of feel? I guess can I t- ask all three of you? Did you kind of feel this is kind of popped up out of nowhere? Were you were you surprised at the uh, amount of energy that came forth from this? Oh, definitely. So so definitely, quickly it seems. Yeah. Just um, you know.
5: I mean, like we said, we had a little bit of background. We had some facts. We had the class. We um, participated in the Emerald. Uh, global aids conference last year and so we had that passion from that but to find in talking to other people that they have the same passion they just don't know how to harness it and they don't know what organizations to choose from it was i think that was the most shocking thing to me
0: okay well the family of strength organization again saturday april 21st 2007 Uh, the kickoffs at noon starts in the courtyard behind conrad hall on MSU's campus. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
5: Thanks a lot. Very much. Much. We appreciate
0: it. No problem. And uh, special thanks, of course, goes to exposure director Lisa and exposure engineer, Eric, the people who really run the show, uh, this Friday at 7 p.m. Tune in for a very special Friday night insight, where we will be talking about the tragic events at Virginia Tech. Um, but right now, stay tuned to 89FM, because Progressive Torch and Twang is coming up next. Woohoo! That was Exposure, and you are listening to 89FM, The Impact.
2: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.